Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise God. Amen. I'm going to be talking this afternoon. I'm going to come from Mark, the seventh chapter, and you can turn there. Saint Mark. Saint. Ain't that nice? (laughs) Mark, the seventh chapter. And I'm going to begin at the 17th verse, and I'm going to read down to verse 23. Let's hear what God is doing in the midst of us on today. Amen. And I'm going to read out the expanded Bible, so you might not be able to follow along because you might be in King James, but it's okay. Amen. So the word of God now reads, verse 17. When Jesus left the people, the crowd, and went into the house, his followers, his disciples, asked him about the story, the parable. Jesus said, do you still not understand? Are you so dull? Surely you know. Don't you know that nothing that enters someone from the outside can make that person unclean, polluted, defiled? Because it does not go into the mind, the heart, but into the stomach. Then it goes out of the body into the sewer. When Jesus said this, he meant that no longer was any food unclean for people to eat. For in this way, Jesus cleansed all food. And Jesus said, the things that come out of people are the things that make them unclean and defile. All these evil things beginning inside people in the mind from within, out of the human heart comes evil thoughts, intentions, ideas, sexual sins, stealing, murder, adultery, Greed, evil actions, wickedness, lying, deceit, doing sinful things, indecency, lust, lewdness, jealousy, envy, envy, evil eye, speaking evil of others, slander, blasphemy, pride, and foolish living. All these evil things come from inside and make people unclean, defiled. So I want to talk about from within. Now we're still talking about grave clothes and I believe God is staying on this because I don't know about you, but we're living in end times. And we want to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Because I don't know about you, I'm believing that I'm going to get raptured up. I'm going to go and be with the king, amen? For seven years, I'm going to sit at the table. While everything is going on down here in the tribulation, I'm going to be right there with the lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And because God loves us so much while we're up there with him in heaven... After everything is said and done, we're going to come back to a new earth and a new heaven. See, some people think they're just going to stay in heaven. They say, oh, I can't wait that I get to heaven. I got news for you. Amen. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So we have to understand what the word of God is saying and what the Bible is speaking unto us before we say, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. That's just a place that you're going to be until everything is finished down here. Amen. So I give God glory for what he's given the body of Christ because whether you know it or not, God is preparing you. He's making you ready and he's teaching you so you will be ready and know what's yet to come. And in preparing you, he's, he's saying your heart's got to be right. And the Lord showed me for that um, this morning in a dream, he showed me a church and it was not this church, but he showed me a church and he showed me a a man coming up on the pulpit and the gentleman was coming up on the pulpit to preach the word and it's like I was off to the side seeing everything and it's like this man when he got ready to preach he began it was like sit down that's not the word 
So he sat down. Then it was calling the choir up that they had, and this gentleman began to open up in song and say, sit down. So everything that was being done in this church was not done accordingly the way God wanted to be done. So I believe God is showing me this because of the teaching that I'm bringing to you guys today to let you know that in Matthew chapter 7, what was going on, it was the Pharisees and the scribes. And we know that they believed in the law. They believed that they went strictly by the law, but the problem was they were adding their own laws their own traditions, their own way of doing things outside of what was already written. And this is what we're seeing today. People are bringing stuff inside the church, outside of what the word of God says. And we must come into alignment with the word of God. And if you are in the word, whoever your teacher is or whoever God has over you, when they're teaching you the word of God, you should come into alignment if you're in it every day. And there won't be no confusion in the body of Christ because God is not about confusion. He's about peace. So they were telling them that they had to wash before they ate his disciples. He said, why aren't your disciples honoring, honoring the traditions of the elders? First of all, these traditions were man-made. This is what they come up with on top of what was written. And what they were meaning was, okay, they eating food, but they're unclean. It wasn't because they didn't wash their hand. It was the way that they wanted them to wash. They had to wash all the way up to their elbows. <laughs> they had to do it their way, or they were considered to be unclean. So Jesus was there watching what they were doing, and Jesus began to explain this unto the people. See, us as the body of Christ, we as disciples of Jesus Christ, we do not let people be in error and is not lining up with the word of God without bringing truth from the word. Jesus could not sit there in front of those people and allow them to think outside of the word of God. And this is what's happening in the body of Christ. We allow people to do stuff that's outside of the will of God that say they know Jesus. When you allow people to do these things, you just like those people because you're not honoring the God that you serve. So Jesus began to break it down. He was saying, it's not about the food. He said, because when you eat your food, it goes in your body, in your belly, and then you release that food. He said, it's about the heart. So Jesus had to begin to break it down because this is what's happening, church folks. People are looking at you from the outside. But the inside still tore up. I'm going to say it again. People look at people because they come to church, because they pay their tithes, because they raise their hands, hallelujah, because they roll on the floor, because they're always saying, praise the Lord, God is good. So people looking at the outward appearance because they look like they're dressing okay. You know, they, they supposedly they're saved. But this is what you call hypocrites. This is what you call pretenders. This is what you call play actors, meaning that they're acting the part, but that's not who they really are. God works from the inside out, not the outside in. Remember when they went to look um, for another king because Saul wanted to do his own little thing. When David went to look at Jess' house, he saw Elab. Because Elab looked like a warrior, he thought, surely this is God anointed. How many of us in the body of Christ have done that just because somebody know the word? 
because they know the word from the back to the front. We think we need to sit with that person and we think we need to be up under that person because they know the word. So we look at the outer appearance, what they're doing on the outside. Their house look like it's okay because every time I see the husband and wife come in, they so lovey-dovey and it look good. So this is what was happening with Elab. But what happened, God had to begin to speak to Samuel. This is why you have to be in a place to hear God. So whatever is coming in disguise, you won't accept any and everything. I'm going to say it again. Just because somebody attend church every Sunday, just because they're doing what we think they need to do, don't mean their heart is right. God looks at the heart. And this is what we got to see is the heart of a person. Just because they do everything right don't mean they're right. So we, when God spoke to Samuel and said, look, y'all look at the outer appearance. He said, but I look at the heart. So God knew it was somebody else that was after his own heart. And we talked about this a little, how David, David done some wrong things, y'all. Yes, he did. He fell short in some areas. But David come to realize where he fell short at. When God sent him the word, that word is what was cleansing him. That word is what took him out of a place he was in and put him in the place that God wanted him to be. I'm going to say it again. The word is what cleanses you. The word is what's going to take you out of that polluted place you're in and put you in a place of purity, put you in a place where God is, where people know who you belong to, and you don't have to fake it to make it to let people think you in a place that you ain't in. So this is why we need the word. And last Sunday, I was over here on this side, and my husband told me, I look like you were going to fall on your daddy, fall all on Jennifer and him. I said, he wanted me to stay at the gate. And the reason why he want me to stay at the gate, because there's many that have come to that gate and they have heard about Jesus and they have come through that gate because they said they have accepted that lamb. Because see, when you're really at that gate, you're giving God thanksgiving for him giving you that lamb because you know you didn't deserve to have it. So you understand the purpose of that lamb, that the only way I can get to the father is through that lamb, which is Jesus Christ. He's the door. There's no other way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. This is the only way you can get to the father. But what are we doing? We're taking that way for granted. We're living any kind of way, and yet we say we're accepting that way. And then when we get to the gate, and we come to the gate, That's when we should be praising God even the more because we have gotten through that gate. Now we're going to sacrifice that lamb in our place. So we're identifying with that lamb and we're saying, God, this should have been me. But because you love me so much, all of my sins is laid upon this lamb. My past, my present, my future sins. So, Lord, it ain't about my sins no more. It's about accepting the lamb that took on my sins for the whole world. So being that he took on my sins, God, I am justified. I'm made righteous. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. God, you have reconciled me to you through this lamb. Sometimes you got to stay right here at this sacrifice and say, Lord, am I willing to give up me? Am I willing to let go? of this world, of my desires, what I want? Am I willing to lay my life down with this lamb? Meaning that the body said that you, the Bible said you got to make your body 
a living sacrifice, living y'all, which is holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. This is your act to worship. So while I'm here identifying with this lamb, I have to ask myself, am I willing to let go of this lifestyle that I'm living? Am I willing to let go of the world and the things that the world is doing? I recognize I'm going to be in the world. But I have to recognize I don't want to be a part of the world no more. That way it's supposed to be a difference in me. My walk's supposed to be different. My talk's supposed to be different. My character's supposed to be different. Am I willing to give up my family? Am I willing? This is the problem. Some of y'all don't want to give up family. Because you think your family can take you to heaven and hell. No, they can't. You can't ride on nobody there. Because when you stand before the father, he's not going to ask me about my husband. He's going to ask me about me. He's not going to ask me about my daddy, my sisters, and my brothers. So I can't put them in it when I'm standing before the Father. It's about what I chose to do. So this is why when you get to this altar of sacrifice, you have to say, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to deny myself. You can't even take the cross up until you say, I'm going to deny me. Some of us are so stuck on ourselves that we don't want to give up self because self loves so many things. Self love doing so many things. Self love hanging with so many people. Self don't want to give up nothing, but self want to be saved and miss hell. That ain't how it work, y'all. Because if it was just that easy, you can stay in the world, come to church, pay your tithes, and think that you're going to go to heaven. It don't work like that. So once you realize at that altar that you laying everything down, that's when on a daily basis, when you get to that basin that's filled with that water and the mirrors that they use to, so you can see yourself. When you get to that basin, which is the word of God, the word of God is your mirror. The, the word is going to show you you. If you're going in that word to look at everybody else, you're going for the wrong reason. You need to go to that word and say, God, I don't no longer want to be conformed to the world. I want to be transformed, changed by the renewing of my mind so I can prove what is the good and acceptable will of God for my life. You're not even going to know what his will is. You're not going to be able to know it until you get into the word of God, the word of life. So you go to that labor every day. Daily, on a daily basis, labor, labor, one or the other, because I feel correction in here. It's one or the other. <laughs> you go there, and when you go there, and you washing, you washing in the word, because the word is what's going to cleanse you. The word is what's going to get that filth off of you. I want y'all to understand, when you're in the world, you're going to pick up some dirt. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Don't think that you so saved, your holiness come through your spirit. That's the real you. But in order to live a holy life, your mind has to be renewed on a daily basis. That's the only way you're going to be able to live a holy life and be holy because he is holy. Without the word, you cannot live a holy life. You cannot even see what I see without the word. You're going to trip up. You're going to stumble because you're not in the word like I'm in the word or like other people in the word. So you're going to look at them as being the bad guy. This is why the church got so much division because the ones that's in the word and they see what God is saying, the other ones are coming against them because they act like you always own me. 
It's because when you're in the word, you don't let nobody live any kind of way. Now, we need to quit making excuses of, oh, they all right. Everybody need to get some every now and then. You ain't in no word. They young. That's what young people do. No, 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 no. Jesus died for everybody. He want everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth. He want everybody to be saved. So when a child or a person come to the knowledge of the truth, knowing that they need a savior, quit making an excuse saying they need booty. Because they God had to break it down. Quit making excuses saying that's what they need. They're growing up. They got to go through this in life. They don't have to go through no more than what you're teaching them to go through. Because if you raise them up when they're little and you're teaching them the word of God, the word of life, they won't find it out at school through some other young child. Because you're teaching them the terms. You're teaching them the right way. And some people look at me and say, how can you say booty in the church? You saying booty in your home, you letting it play through there all day long. You, you using these terms in your house. You turn the TV on, you give them YouTube, they know the word more than you know the word. You need to ask them what term have you learned today. So this is what we do. When we raise a child up in the way that they should go, yes, they will depart from it. But they're going to come back to the way that they were raised. That's a promise in the word of God. So we got to raise them up. We got to teach them. But how can we teach them if we're not in the word ourselves and getting the word for ourselves? So this is why you got to have a daily washing because guess what, y'all? You're going to come up on some filth. You're going to come up on some filth somewhere, somehow on your job because you're amongst the world. You're going to come up on it who you're hanging with. You're going to come up on it, but if you're in the word of God on a daily basis, you know whether to turn from that. You're going to flee from that. But this is what we do. We only go wash when something is going on. That's why we're still hanging out in these outer courts. That's why we're still pleasing the body. That's why we're still pleasing the flesh because we haven't gotten in that word long enough for that word to bring a change. That word got to be rooted and grounded in us. And this is what I'm talking about. It comes from within. So we're right here, y'all. And we're staying here on a daily basis. And as we stay here on a daily basis, we're connecting more with the word, which is Jesus. Then we can move into those holy places. And that's where that lamp is, which represents the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit sheds light upon that table of showbread. It sheds the light on that. So as the Holy Spirit is sharing the light on it, the Holy Spirit is bringing you revelation. This is why we thank God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Lord, I thank you that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened on today. So I will know the hope. You got to know the hope of his calling. You got to know the things of God and you cannot do it if you're not here on a daily basis. You're going to look at me like I'm a whipping post. Because if I give you truth because of your error, you're going to say, why are you always whipping me? You wouldn't look at me as whipping and whipping you. You would say, God chastises those whom he loves. He don't want nobody in nothing they don't need to be in. He want them to see him. He want them not to keep focusing on the world. He want them to focus on him. So some of us, when we do it daily, 
we can get to the presence of God. And this is where God wants you to go, right where the Ark of Covenant is. I want to take you through this tabernacle. And the reason why I want to take you through, because once you get where God is, this is how you, your lifestyle is supposed to be. This is what called, this is called walking in the spirit. If I'm in this word every day and God is giving me revelation concerning him from the word and I'm getting in his presence, there's nothing that I need that I don't have because I know what I have in him. So once I get to his presence, I can come out. See, God want God work from inside out. But we still working on the outside because we really haven't gotten in the presence of God, even though he's in us. So once I get all of this and I come out, people are going to know who I've been with. My attitude change. I'm asking people to forgive me for what I said and what I done. This is a daily thing. You got to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. So why am I going there? Because I'm going right back to Genesis. Genesis, they were right there with God. God set them up with everything that was good. Y'all, they knew no evil. Everything was good. Everybody was good. They didn't have no sin in that garden. They didn't know nothing about evil. But guess what? Satan did. Because Satan wanted to rebel against God when he was Lucifer. He wanted to be top dog. He wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be in God's position. So he got thrown out of heaven. And so he was in the Garden of Eden. Y'all know what had happened. They had everything that they need. And this is where I'm going. You have everything that you need. And those needs that you have come through Jesus Christ. It's nothing that you can do to get them, but accept what you already have. Quit trying to work something out to get God to do something for you. You don't have to do that. It's already been worked out through Jesus Christ. You just grab hold to the word and say, Lord, I thank you for what you have already done. You don't have to work out your healing. Healing has already been purchased for you. Only thing you got to do is reach out and say, God, I thank you that I'm already healed. In spite of how my body feels, healing is already mine. You already paid the price for my healing. But what's getting in the way of my healing? Me. It ain't you, God. I already have it. But I'm getting in the way of healing because I done lost focus of who you are. God, I ain't been in my word the way I need to be in my word. So I want a quick fix with this thing. I ain't got time to wait on you. God, I need to do it myself. I need to find somebody to help me get over what I have. But when we stay in this word on a daily basis, we're going to stay right where he is. We're going to take that word for what it is. So then when we look at the Garden of Eden, they had everything. But guess what the enemy wants? I want y'all to understand temptation. When it comes to temptation, that don't mean you sin. That means that you're tempted by something the enemy wants you to be tempted by. Once you take hold of that thing and you conceive it, that's when sin is brought forth. But doing the temptation, you have not sinned. So this is what happened when the enemy come into that garden. He knew what God told them not to touch. He knew what God told them not to eat from. But he used the very thing God said not to do against them. And what he did, he wanted them to pay attention. See, he used your five senses. He used the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He used those three things to tempt you. So what he did, he told Eve, have God really said you cannot eat from this tree? Come on, he bringing doubt. 
because he's tempting you. He's a deceiver. He got to tempt you first. He got to tempt you with things that are around you first in order to get you to conceive and bring forth sin so people can see you in the act, y'all. So that's what he did. She grabbed hold to it. She ate from the tree. And guess what we do, y'all? Y'all don't get it? If I eat from something, apostle, and I feel like it's good for me, I'm going to tell you what I got. And I'm going to talk about what I got. And I'm going to offer it to you. She got a choice whether or not to accept what I'm offering her. Now, apostle knowing me, she wouldn't think I would do nothing to harm her. Correct, apostle? So if she trusts me, she's going to think, well, if apostle is doing it, I'm going to do it too. So Adam took a bite of that fruit, forbidden fruit. That's what you call it. That's what lust is, longing for something that's forbidden. It's a craving. It's a desire for something that you know you cannot have. We can have a good lust for the word of God. I long for that word. I need that word. I can't live without that word. The word is my lifeline. The word lights my fire. The word quickens me. The word brings, oh my goodness, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Anyway, so apostle would take that from me because she feel as if apostle ain't going to do nothing to hurt me. I can trust her, Right? So she's going to, I'll give you an example because the Lord is bringing it in me and I ain't ashamed of my game. Evangelist, you remember when we went to South Carolina, we had a trip for the children and there was a lot of rides and a lot of stuff going on. So me and Kathy was walking around and it was this man sitting there say, well, if you can guess this right here, you'll win a prize. So I said, sure, I'll guess it without thinking. After I done it, did I or did I not apologize to you, Kathy? Remember, it was guessing weight. When I realized what we done, because Kathy done it, because I done it. Remember, we were sitting there. Kathy was following my lead. After we done what we done, I apologized. I said, that was not right. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. See, temptation was there. I grabbed hold to that temptation. And I lured her into that temptation. She could have accepted or not. It don't matter what my title is. But she went through it because I went through it. Kathy looking at me, talking about, you have to tell people all that. <laughs> you should have talked about that with me before you tell it. I'm not ashamed of it. Because let me tell you why I'm not ashamed and I'm going to help you guys. So you don't have to be ashamed. By me admitting that's turning from it. That didn't take root in my heart. So guess what? I didn't bring forth nothing no more because it didn't have a root in me. See, this is the problem with the church. When you know you do wrong, don't let it take root. Dismiss it then and you won't be acting out of your character. Who Y'all don't, I'm trying to help you. See, I have to use me for an example because guess what? Ain't nobody in this room perfect. We all done some stuff, but because of the light that shines, which is the Holy Spirit, that illuminate, that penetrate my very being, Holy Spirit say, I can't leave you in that state. That's wrong. So I had to apologize. So this is what I'm saying, y'all. The enemy got them into that state, but they had a choice. God put that tree there. God tempted you with good. That was a good tree. Part of it was good, part of it was bad. But God said, this tree is in this garden, but don't you touch it. Don't you eat from it. Eve said, touch it. So she knew if she touched it, she's going to get her a bite of that fruit. So she gave some to her husband. Her husband took it, and guess what? They realized they were naked. That's when sin came in. 
Because guess what? Sin brought forth death. Let me read it to you. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't have time for this teaching, you're free to leave. God is trying to help you up in here. He's trying to uh, help you get rid of your excuses of why you done something. In the book of James, the first chapter, verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted, that means for what is forbidden, a desire, a craving, when he is drawn away of his own lust. Did y'all hear that? Of your own lust, of your own craving, your own desire, and enticed. That means that enticed means that you lured into that bait. The enemy is, is um, enticing you, but you accept in that bait. Then when lust have conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Look at the beginning, y'all. What happened in that garden? It brought forth what? Death, because they conceived that thing. What God told them not to do, they done it, and this is what they brought forth. So guess what? This is how sin come into the world through what? One man. Remember, inside was pure. There was no sin. There was no death, but immediately when sin came in, corruption came and death came. And guess what happened? The spirit of God left man. God's life could no longer be with man because there was darkness. They chose darkness over light. So now their life is representing what? Darkness. So remember, God worked from the inside out, and this is the devil's plan. He said, if I can bring a temptation to you, and you focus on that temptation. Now, remember, this is what we do when we get tempted and we get tried and tested. Look what Adam and Eve did. First thing Eve said, no, Adam said, that woman, he blamed God. That woman you gave me, she caused me to do this. Now, the woman is going to blame the serpent. The serpent had nobody to blame because he knew what he was doing. But everybody blames somebody. Let me, let me tell y'all some bling that's out there. A husband messed around on a wife. The husband blamed the wife didn't love me the way I need to be loved. Save folk. The wife didn't cook for me the way the wife needed to cook. The wife let herself go. Or the wife messed around on the husband because the husband couldn't love me like the um, way the stomach turns love their wife. The husband couldn't buy for me. The husband can't support me. The husbands don't blow sweet nothings in my ear no more. The husband don't take me nowhere. So this man come up to me and whining me and dining me. So I said, this man love me. So they're going to fair. But look who they blaming. People never take blame on themselves. Because you have a choice, men and women of God. If you are married or if you're in a relationship, and you committing yourself to another man or woman, and you say you're going to put a ring on it, just like Joseph and Mary, he already put a ring on it because he knew that's who he wanted, so he knew everybody else was out of the picture. But when Mary come back pregnant because she conceived um, Jesus through the Holy Ghost, he said, oh, I'm done with you. But God had to get him right. So what I'm telling you is you just don't change your mind based on your feelings. That's how we know where people are. And even unsaved folk, they say they love somebody, but they say, well, you know, it run through the family, but you still got a choice. Amen. 
You got a choice whether to touch it or not touch it. You ain't going to touch a hot stove if you know it's going to burn you. Men, women will burn you. Women, men will burn you. They will leave you with some stuff that you go in every time to get treatment for. And then it's one that you can't really get treatment for. You just have to live that way, not lest God give you a miracle. Touching forbidden fruit. See, God give you a choice what you do. So the enemy know if I can tempt you, men, women of God, you're going to have pretty women in front of you, men. Yeah, you probably look at that lady, but you turn your head because you know it's tempting you to want that woman. Don't sit there and stir at her butt all the way out to church. Like you in a daze. And then you know what your excuse is? They shouldn't have come up in here that way. But what give you a right to look even if they did? Hallelujah. I hear the angel singing. And then you try to get you a, a, a side look from the parenteral vision. That's why your neck hurt. Act like you ain't look. Then you get scared because you don't got them. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That's why you flee. Fornication. You have to flee it. You have to turn. And even if you have to jerk your neck so hard and say, oh, I hate, hurt my neck. It's all right, God, to heal it. Because you know what that's doing to you. You got to turn from that. Y'all, this is truth. That means that just because somebody do it don't mean you got to stir at it. Because once you stir at it, he put the temptation there. That was the forbidden fruit that you should not be lusting, craving after. And if you know you lusting and craving after that thing, what you're going to have to do before it take root and you conceive it? Because once you conceive it, you got a mental picture of it and you don't have to lay with him or her, but you already done it in your heart. You're laying with him every night. You done committed fornication and adultery already. And then you come into church telling somebody how to live holy and you ain't. Y'all don't see how it works? People act like they're living so holy, but they're committing fornication and adultery right there in their mind. The enemy already know, I got you in your mind. You act like you ain't with nobody. You with them in your mind. You done saw yourself with them and laying with them and doing what you want to do with them. And guess what? The enemy said, you done conceived that thing. Now you're getting ready to manifest it. You're getting ready to bring it forth. I done got you. I done got you in your mind. I'm just waiting for people on the outside to know you ain't who you say you are. Because it's come. Oh, y'all don't. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? He said, I'm just waiting for it to manifest so I can ruin your reputation. And your reputation is supposed to be in him and not you. So they ain't going to see God in you. They're going to see me, baby. This is what's going on in the church. Happening right in the church with church folks. So this is why. This is what God was showing me. He was taking me back after sin come into the world. He was saying in Genesis 6, Miracle Temple, God is giving y'all a lot of teaching lately. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, look at this. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination, look, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Everything he thought about, everything he imagined was just evil. 
just evil. So God said, I got to do something with this generation. He said, because it's just evil. It's nothing but evil. Everything they think about, everything they imagine is evil. Can you imagine that? So what he did, he found Noah. And Noah was righteous in the eyes of God. Noah was turning away from evil. Guess what, y'all? Noah wasn't saved. Y'all recognize that? Jesus hadn't come yet. The world was corrupt. Was it not, Manny? There was total corruption. Don't tell me. Even when you're not saved, you got the law of God right there telling you, don't you murder. Don't you steal. Don't you kill. Don't you commit fornication. You ain't got no excuse. Because he even put it right there so you can turn. He's still giving you a choice. He's telling you what not to do, even though that sin nature is there. He's telling you what not to do, but that sin nature is overriding the law. That's why we're in the need of a savior, because that sin nature is taking control because we think evilly continually. So after that happened, he told Noah, this is what I want you to do. God is such a good God, y'all. God don't want us to die in our mess. So he had a righteous person, Noah. He said, build the ark. And I like what God did with the ark. Go back to um, Genesis 6 and verse 14. Look at what he said. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Where did he start? Within. And then he said, come out. What am I saying? God worked from within out so he said this is where i want you to start it at is from the inside when you build a house y'all that house is framed up isn't it but you have to go inside and work inside that home don't you but anyway this is what he told him to do then he told him what to put in that ark the animals and everything this is the next thing that god did after everything was done go to chapter 7 verse 16 Check this out. And they went in, went in, male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. So guess why he shut him in? The Lord shut the door. Because it was corruption outside the door. God said, corruption can't come in here on what I've just done. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When you got born again, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. And by God um, sealing you, he said, sin can't come in the spirit. He said, because that's sealed. The devil can't touch your spirit. But what he's going to mess with is your soul. He's going to mess with your mind, your will, and emotions so your body will be affected. So God shut the door, and all those corrupt people and all the corruption of the earth could not come into that ark because they were blocked off and they died, right? When you go through the Old Testament and you look at how God set up things for his people, even when he made the ark, he said, I want the gold starting from the inside, and I want it to be overlaid on the outside because it represents God. He said it represents purity. It represents me, deity. So God did everything from inside out, and this is what they had to do. God had to give them laws, and God had to give them laws of showing them what was clean, and what was unclean. And he did this to let the nations know these people are set apart. That means when they come up on those nations, like those Canyonites, those Havitites, Hittites, Jerusalem, all those ites, 
they had to set an example to let them know we're coming in this land to possess this land and we're bringing in God's laws into this land because this is our land. That means you don't have a right on this land. So God said, I want you to get rid of all these ites because these ites will affect you and they will take you out of your place with me. So when they saw them not eating, you know, these unclean animals and they saw them being separated, then they knew, oh, that's Israel. That's God's people. They don't live any kind of way. God said, you don't even marry those ites. He said, because if you marry those ites, you're going to be doing what they are doing. He said, when I take you into these lands, the ites going to be there. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You in the world. You got ites. You got all the ites in the world. But you're supposed to shine a light in the midst of those ites so they will come to your light and you're not going to their darkness. But we're intermingling with the ites. We're acting like we're not even born again. We're doing what they're doing. We're marrying outside of what we believe. Because they love me. When they marry me, they'll get saved. They ain't get saved before they married you. They ain't going to ma- get saved after they married you. Some of them go ahead and confess Jesus just to marry you. And then they say, well, I, I wouldn't really say. But you fell for it. Because you were lusting. You were tempted by that person. You were drawn in. You were enticed by what they were saying. Some of y'all get enticed by people because you ain't in the word. Well, they so nice. The devil is nice. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. You got a lot of nice people that say what you want to hear. That's why God gave you the gifts of the spirit where people say they don't need the gifts. But the gifts, one gift, discerning of spirits will let you know what's good and what's evil. Solomon didn't even want to be king until he said, God, give me a discerning heart where I will know the difference. And God said, I know your heart, Solomon. He said, not only am I going to give you a discerning heart, I'm going to give you riches. He had so much wisdom because his heart was right before God. He didn't want to do any and everything. Christian folks, we want to do any and everything and still serve God. God say you pretending. You got people thinking you living holy on the outside, but your inside is not praising God the way you need to. You praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You telling people one thing, but on the inside, you done done another. You know what you're going to do, but you telling people what they want to hear. That's a hypocrite. When you know the word, you stand on the word and you don't care who don't like it. That's a true person of God. You're trying to get people to look at outer. God said, I'm looking at your inner. And your inner ain't right, so I don't care what you do on the outer. I don't care if you go to nursing homes every Sunday. I don't care if you feed the poor every day of the week. I don't care if you dishing out money to everybody that need it. Because I know your heart ain't right. You want to be seen, heard, and attached to. That's the only reason why you give it. You're not giving because the words say give. You're doing it because you want people to look up to you. It's just like not giving it. Or you want people to say what you've done. But God said it's time now to get your heart right. Because God is coming back for those that are pure in heart. 
Come on, you got some sinners out there that's saying, if I have to serve the God you serve, and I need to stay like I am because you're doing what I'm doing, what make you any different from me? you telling me not to fornicate, but you still lying to your boss. What's the difference? Well, fornicating is within the body. Lying is outside the body. Sin is sin. Don't make no excuse. And then some of you got to understand this. What you do in darkness is going to come to light. It's going to be exposed because the light is going to come in and expose the darkness because he's exposing it today. Some of us think we go in our house. Nobody know what we do. God know. You taking him in the very act of what you're doing. When you're looking at a woman. Jesus Christ. Good God in the morning. Even using his name. In your mess. That don't mean that you're saved. It just means there's some temptation before your eyes. And you got a choice to burn it. You got a choice to do away with it. Or you got a choice to get you a good image and then burn it and say, I still got it. That don't work. So you can't hide no more. This is what God is saying to this house. Miracle Temple, you can't hide no more. Because this is what God showed me. After this place got reconstructed, I said, oh, God, you just done a good work. God showed me a dream, and I come out the kitchen, and I saw dirt all over the floor. Dirt going round. I said, God, what are you telling me? He says, dirt in the house. It's filth in the house. And it got to come out of the house. In order for me to move in the house the way it need to be, that dirt and filth got to come out. How do it come out? You make the choice for it to come out. I'm just delivering the message. Come on, you can come in church and act like you serve God, but once you leave here, whom are you serving? Because God already know what you're doing, and this is what was happening to God's people. Moses went up to be with God. Moses was in prayer to get the laws of God, to bring them to the people. They began to say, where is this Moses? Where is our deliverer? See, they were dependent on man. See, their heart still wasn't right before God. God said, that's why I got to leave you out here for 40 years. I'm testing and trying your heart to see if you really love me. Because if you really love me, you're going to turn away from Egypt. I brought you out of Egypt, but you still got Egypt in you. And I'm letting you know I know that. So they begin to play. Do all kind of stuff. And, and here go Joshua. Joshua said, I hear a noise. Come on, he was up in a high mountain. But he heard them playing and doing what they wanted to do. When Moses come off of that mountain, guess what Moses did? Y'all know what he did? He come before the people and he broke those laws. And Moses said that whoever's on God's side come over here. You know who come over there? The Levites. The Levites come over there on Moses' side. The rest of them, he said, they got to be destroyed. They killed them, killed all of them. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You don't want to kill your ites. Because you enjoy living with Ike. You enjoy living with your Ike's. Because if you're where you need to be with the Lord, you don't want nothing around you or nothing that would keep contaminating you in your house to take you away from the presence of the Lord. Nobody shouldn't have to tell you when you're in the word, the word will wash you and cleanse you. You don't have anybody coming in your house thinking they can smoke, drink, curse, and disrespect your God. 
You don't do that. Hey, I, I don't do that. Now, if that's what you choose to do, that's between you and God. I only know my God and what God tell me. I'm not saying that you're not saved, but I'm saying I know where I am. And even if you haven't gotten over something, y'all, you don't do it in front of somebody that have gotten over it. You don't do that because you're causing them to stumble. Y'all, come on. The word, the word will get you right. People are telling people to pray and haven't even accepted Jesus. Pray. God will hear you. That ain't what my Bible says. It doesn't. When you pray and you're ready to come to Christ and say, I'm in the need of you. I can't do this by myself. You couldn't even get through the gate without the lamb. How you think you're going to go to God and you ain't saved and you ain't accepted? Come on, somebody. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We intercede on their behalf. Because if it was that easy, why are we saved? People get mad when you tell people this. And I'm tired of people using grace. Grace did save you. But if grace saved you, you still wouldn't be doing what grace saved you from. Grace saved you from these things that I deemed out. Grace saved you from fornication. Grace saved you from all kind of partying and all kind of acts. If grace, if you know grace, why are you still in that? You don't know grace because grace bought truth. And his name is Jesus. You can't tell them. The only thing you can do is give somebody the word. That's, that's just your job. It's giving them the word and allow the word to deal with them. You don't keep beating them upside the head with the word. Because all of us fall short. But we have the Holy Spirit that when we fall short, we get up. And we cleanse ourselves. That's why we repent, y'all. That's why we repent and confess our sins. Why? So the devil won't have an inroad in our life. I messed up today, Lord. I shouldn't have said what I said. I realize you already forgave me before I said it. But I want to come before you to be washed in this word. To cleanse this filth off of me. Because, Lord, that don't represent you. How can I tell somebody something that I'm doing myself? You got to make sure you're cleansed in this word. And when you talk to people, you don't make them feel guilty. You just tell them what Jesus done so they don't have to do what they're doing. Y'all, it's time for us to check us. To see where we are. Search me, O oh Lord. Because just tell the, God the truth. Lord, I went with, I'm with that man because I know it's going to come a time and a place where he's going to give me what I want. Lord, I'm with that woman. I'm scribing hard. Lord, you know I have to keep taking showers, but it ain't helping me, Jesus, because all I see is her in the bed. You done been with her in the bed. Come on, y'all, let's quit playing. People may see you not kissing. Not holding hands or nothing, but deep down in your heart, you done been with that woman and you done been with that man. Let's quit lying to ourselves. I remember this young girl. She had turned her life over to Jesus Christ and she had a problem with men. And one day she called me. She said, I ain't going to lie to you. She said, when I rolled over and I seen the flies even coming together. She said, Lord, it got to be better than this. Even the fly getting something I ain't getting. She said, Lord, you got to help me. She was crying out. Come on, she was being real. She said, even the flies having a good time. 
They're doing something I want to do. I'm just going to admit it. They make me mad because the flies can do it, and I can't do it. I said, baby, you already done it because it's already in your heart. God already know your heart, so just be open and honest with God and say, God, I need help. That's why he give you the Holy Spirit to help you because you got a stronghold in that area. That's the spirit of perversion. And God will let you know what it is, and he will show you how to get rid of it. It takes the word to get rid of anything you going through. And if you don't, if you're not willing to get in the word, then you don't want to be free. If you don't go in this word daily and say, God, I want total freedom. Remember um, Lazarus, we talked about the grave clothes. Jesus knew he had come out the grave. But Jesus said, hold up. He's still wearing some stuff. Loose him and let him go. You got to know what you're wearing, y'all. So when you first get tempted, you can turn away. This is what God's saying. All of us have been tempted by some things. Come on. We have been tempted. My temptation may not be like your temptation, but we can turn away from that temptation before we bring forth sin. That means that we're being enticed. That means that we're being lured into it. If we don't turn away from it, we're wanting it. We're wanting what's forbidden. And then when it gets into our minds, guess what? And we're seeing ourselves in the act, we already conceived it. So next thing we're going to do is bring forth sin. And what does it bring forth? Death. And you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the people around you that you witness to. Now, how are you going to go back and tell those people? Because God gave you an opportunity. You know how you go back? You go back and say, you know what? What I did was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. But I did it, and God gave me a choice. Matter of fact, God forgave me for it before I did it. But this is what I chose to do. But because of my loving father, because of he loved me so much, he forgave me for it. I admitted it, but I quit it. Once you admit it, you should be able to quit it. Don't admit it if you ain't going to quit it. Don't go tell somebody what you're doing and deep down inside you ain't really had a cleansing. Because guess what? You're going back to that pattern. One day in the word ain't going to take you out of that pattern. Because it took you years to get where you are. Now it's going to take time to get you out of where you are. Quit telling people what you hear and you got a feel-good pill because you've been in the word for one day or two days. Or to make you feel good for then, but when them challenges of life come to tempt you with that very thing, let's see where you are. Are you falling back into that same thing? Anything that you want to get rid of and you seriously want to get rid of it, you will spend more time in here than you will with the TV, than you will with your friends, then you will doing stuff outside of what the word says. You will shut yourself off and say, I'm sorry, I can't go with you today. I have something I need to take care of. You will get, see, we have 24 hours in a day. And people still saying they don't have enough time to get with Jesus, but you have enough time to get with the world. You have enough time to say yes to the world and you're steady saying no to Jesus. Yes, I'll help you with that. Yes, I'll help you with this. But you can't help them the way they need to be helped unless you help yourself right now to the spiritual food. You got to go in here and get you some spiritual food because you're a spiritual being. The Bible says that man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that, what? Proceeds out who mouth? This is why, church folks, the world don't want to hear us. Because we're doing what the world does. We're on Facebook just as much as the world, and we ain't talking about Jesus. Why am I coming back in here with Facebook again? 
We ain't talking about Jesus. We ain't representing Jesus on Facebook the way we need to. Let's just confess. I'm on Facebook because I want to be. I'm on Facebook partly for Jesus, but I want to be nosy too. I want to see what I'm missing out on. Y'all, come on, until you get real with yourself. Because if you were posting Jesus, you'd be posting what this church is doing. Hello? You'll be posting what you're getting taught in here to help somebody if this is helping you. Hello, somebody. You will be telling them what you learned through the word of God. Hello, somebody. So that tell me, you saying, go to hell. Just die and go to hell. Burn, baby, burn. Because what I'm getting can't help you. Where's your heart for the people of God? Come on, if you want to evangelize, all of us can evangelize. You got free Facebook to do it. It's free now. Come on, use the opportunity to tell somebody we don't have to do what we used to do because Jesus made a way for us. Don't you know to reach somebody? Don't you know it's a person ready to commit suicide because they're going on Facebook and they get rejected by people and they don't know about rejection and you can bring them out through the love of God. But you know what our problem is? It ain't about me. How is that going to help me, apostle? Let's just be honest. Ask your neighbor. Say, how is going on Facebook going to help me, apostle? Doing what you said. I want somebody, I'm going to pause just to see a sea life. Can somebody answer that for me? Oh, nobody won't answer. How am I benefiting from telling somebody what I'm learning at Miracle Temple? How am I benefiting? Somebody, nobody want to help me out. Why? Okay, if you're doing what God told you to do, check this out, y'all. The Bible said, when you hear... What did it say, Manny? Don't only be what? Don't only be what? Don't only be what? Be what? Y'all read that? Has everybody read that? Okay. We only do what will benefit us. We just got to be honest. If it's going to draw men unto me, I'm going to do it. But if it ain't drawing them unto me, what I got to do with Miracle Temple, Apostle? What that got to do with me? No, it ain't about Miracle Temple. It's about Jesus. And it's about souls that need to be one to Jesus Christ. That's why self ain't died yet. Because you don't supposed to look at me or the name Miracle. You're supposed to look at Jesus. You're supposed to look at, can this word that Apostle is preaching bring somebody to Christ? If everybody in here that's on Facebook with all your Facebook friends, some of you got a thousand of them, would put the truth on Facebook every day. Do you know how many people you would reach? Come on, somebody. But what do we spend time doing talking about what we done? Or giving somebody a high five on what they done? Or talking about foolishness on Facebook? Being time wasters. Instead of coming out with truth. People got to know the truth in order to be free. 
But see, the problem is, if you don't mingle with what's tainted for so long, whoever you are with friends on Facebook, when you come out with the truth, they ain't going to accept your truth. Because you done been in too much mess. You start out right, you end up right. Y'all, God has given these messages for a reason to tell you the enemy tactics. Some people say, why every time we talking about fornication, we talking about all this stuff, grace done saved us from it. But if grace saved you from it, why does it keep popping up? This is, this is my job. Whatever is popping up, God want me to help you through truth. And if I don't tell you these things, I'm doing just like you saying, baby, fornicate all day long, long as you at your post at Miracle Temple. Ain't going to be no more at no post at Miracle Temple if you're choosing fornication over God. You cannot serve two masters. Because if God is warning you and warning you and warning you, and you still don't turn away from it, you like a heathen. You cannot be mixed in the body of Christ representing sin. Y'all better come to Clem to know the order of the church. This is why churches are so full. They ain't been cleaned out. They ain't been cleaned out. People get mad at you when you start talking about these subjects. Now they want to vote you out. Can't vote me out of this one because you didn't vote me in it. See, God has a way of doing things, and his way is always the right way. See, that's why pastors are hindered. They're hindered by people who's living in the world to tell you you can't preach on fornication. You can't preach on sin. We need the money. You're going to drive people off before we get the money. If they say to save, to save, leave them alone. I ain't going to leave you to yourself to die. Because that's the love of God that's in me. That's why Moses spent so much time with the Israelites. But all the time he spent, they still chose to die in the wilderness. So when you make that choice to die, it ain't on me. The blood is off of my hands. But I bring you some good food. It's good for the taking. God's setting the table right before you. And let you know just how much he loves you. And letting you know the way you acting and you carrying on is in your heart. People will say, I can't believe they said that to me. Why not? The Bible say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, y'all. So your mouth is only speaking from what's coming from within. And, and the reason why people not seeing what you see, the ones that's in the words, because their heart has become hardened to the things of, the, of God, there's a blockage there. You know how you have to go and have surgery when there's a blockage there because the blood ain't flowing the way it need to be flowing? Your heart ain't working the way it need to be working? It's because we fill ourselves up with things we shouldn't fill ourselves up with, and then we need to be cleaned out, right? That's how it is spiritually. God, you have, God have given you his heart. God said, I'm going to give you a new spirit and a new heart. He said, so you can know me. Those people could not know God the way that they need to know God. So God had to give them a new heart. We have a new heart. We have God's love in us. Everything about God is already in us, but it's being blocked. Why is it being blocked? Because we're choosing the things of the world more than we are choosing the things of God. I don't like to see people doing something that's not right, y'all. When I have the word of truth where I can give you truth. Do that mean they ain't going to like me? Yes. But it doesn't matter. 
Because I'd rather save a life than to see a life go to a place that God didn't create for that life. And that's how we should be. It don't matter who it is. You need to go to them and say, I need to tell you what God is telling me to tell you today. Christians, we need to get it right. Before you go out there and try to help somebody else, check yourself, check your home. See how you're living in your home. You can't tell nobody else, who that child bad, that child bad. And your child off the chain. This is why I always tell people, don't say your children bad. Say they're busy. And I never try to knock no child down. I don't care how bad they do. I say, God, love them all. Because guess what? My children can mess up. They're not perfect. Every child can mess up. So don't look at a child just because they look perfect. You don't know what they go through on the inside. And eventually, it's going to come on the outside. They may have some issues that may not look like your child issues. Y'all, we got to quit this mess. We need to get to the root of the reason why our children are acting the way they're acting. There's a root to it. We cannot beat our kids upside the head and say, what did I tell you, darling? You heard me the first time, darling. Instead of going to her and telling her, this is what's going on with you, darling. This is why you keep repeating this iniquity that Jesus died for over and over again. This is why I keep seeing this in your life. She need the root of why she's doing what she's doing. I can hit upside the head with the word all day long. But there's a root to the reason why she's like she is. And if you don't get to that root, it's a losing battle. It got to be rooted up. It's already been planted in their heart, and they're living a normal life. They think it's normal. But you're saying, that ain't normal. So, y'all, we have to help folk. And the only way we can help them is getting in the word of God ourselves. Your word, the word is your lifeline. The word is what you need. And when you get in it the way you need, you will separate yourself from whatever is contaminating you. Have y'all ever, when you go to the doctor, they ask you all these questions, don't they? They want to know from Maruta to the tutor. They even go back through the generations, do they not? Did they have this? Did they have this? Because they got to get a whole file on you. And then they'll come up with what they believe is going on, don't they? And if that don't work, we got to run more tests. More tests, more money. When you should have told them the truth the first time. Because they can't do no more than what you tell them. If you don't tell them the truth, well, have you had this go? No, sir, no, sir, I ain't that kind of person. I don't do that kind of person. I'm a one-woman man. Me and my husband been married for up 10 years. How you ask me some mess like that? And no, you're lying all through your teeth. You just left the man last night. Well, I don't understand why you keep having this recurring problem. I don't understand either, Doc, but uh, you got something to help me? I just don't know what's going on. You knew when you went there. You manipulator. You trying to get that to clear up the infection for your husband find out. Now you're telling your husband you on a fast. And apostle said, when I'm on a fast, I have to rescreen from you. But we'll be coming back together. But I believe it's going to be two weeks because that's what they told you. It's going to take two weeks to clear it up. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. So the wife ain't that discerning because the wife ain't in the world like she's supposed to be. She's feeding the pastor in the church and playing her part at the door on Judah and everywhere else. 
So the Lord can't talk to her to tell her that what's going on. Or the, can't talk to the man and tell him what's going on. Because he all over the place trying to be deacon. God helping somebody. Somebody getting ready to get caught. Somebody going to be checking some medications and saying, I'm going to this appointment with you next time. Something being exposed. That, that didn't just come out of nowhere. I'm just speaking as it's coming. Somebody done shut off Facebook. Done set off live. <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> they sweating all of a sudden. Everything that looked good ain't good. Mm-hmm. God trying to help you today. You're out entertaining what you shouldn't be entertaining, and it's time to come out of it. And what's happening now, you're trying to hold it within. But now you done got too hot to trot. And you're trotting all everywhere. I, I hear the sound of the horse galloping like a horse. Going to every block. I hear the sound in my ear. And thinking you're not getting caught. But something or someone is going to catch up with you. This is why God say flee these things. Christian folks. I'm talking to Christian folks. Because the world already know. I'm talking to the saved, sanctified, the ones that's filled. Say they're full of the, if you're full of him, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Because you won't take your God any kind of way because you remember what grace done. And grace will turn you away from what you're doing because you're getting a cleansing every day. And you're saying when the thought comes, you say, I cast that down. That ain't me. The devil's a lie. You do have thoughts, but you get rid of those thoughts. That's not who I am now that I'm in Christ. Oh, no, eyeballs. You don't look at that. Because you done been in the word too long. It ain't about women putting on this tight stuff to try to show your hips and your behind and up here. It ain't about, oh, oh yeah, God going somewhere. You tempting the man. And then when the man come up to you, I'm safe. The words say dress modestly. Modesty don't mean that you draw yourself up like in them old days. Y'all know the gun smoke and all that. Them women so, so drawed up. If they shoot them, they got to go through something to die. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Trying to be pretty. Then, then the time come, everything come floating out. And the man said, I didn't ask for the well. I'm glad y'all up now. But I'm telling you this. Church, if you're going to live for him, live for him. Come on, it's time to come out of pretending to be play actors. Because if you got stuff rising up, it's starting from within. Offense come from within. Unforgiveness come from within. Adultery and fornication come from within. It's already what you have allowed. You already conceived it already. But it's manifesting itself out of your mouth. And your body is reflecting what's already in you. That's how you know folk. That's how you know anger. Because anger is already there. But when you say something a person don't like, it comes out of there. This is why God said that should not be. 
because of who you are. Church, it's time for a cleansing. God has given you an opportunity from the pulpit on down. And quit using this. Ain't no perfect Christians. It sure ain't. And I'll say that. You're perfect in your spirit. And if you're perfect in your spirit and you connect into the spirit, guess what? It's going to flow from inside out and people are going to see your character as God. And even when you make a mistake, you come into them and tell them what you said and how sorry you are for what you said. And they say, you must be saved because I wouldn't have told them nothing. But you can't live any kind of way. You can't say any kind of thing. And y'all, it ain't about trying to get extra. Because let me tell you something. You know how sometimes you can be thinking about, well, I'll do this right here and it'll bring in more right here. Have y'all ever thought about that? Thinking of things that'll bring in more. So I was sitting there one day and I shared it with Apostle. And I was telling Apostle, I said, wow, I can continually do this and I can still get what I'm getting from doing that. So I'm in my bathroom doing my hair. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do that. I said, thank you, Lord. And I won't do that. And I had to drop what I was going to do $100 less. Because God told me, you can't do that. And the reason why he told me that, he said, because that will come back later. And it's going to be taken from somewhere because you chose to do what I told you not to do. God will forewarn you, y'all. Thoughts will come to get more. But it's just like putting money in a bucket with holes and it ain't benefiting you. Quit trying to earn more and hurt other people. That ain't godly. You don't do that, y'all. God will take what you have and he will make it much. If you trust him, quit trying to come up with stuff. This is how God works. Miracle Temple, give from your heart. And when you give to anybody from your heart, God honors that. And you're not giving it out of necessity. You're not giving it grudgingly. You're not giving it out of fear. But you're giving it from within because you know you serve a loving father and you're not serving me or my husband. What I'm saying, you do help us and serve us, but you're doing it unto God. If you do it unto God, you're doing it unto whom God sent. That's the difference. Don't look at me and my husband. Because if you keep looking at us, I'm going higher and higher and higher. But I want you to look back at yourself and say, did I contribute And where she is now, ask yourself, did I do that, like Steve Urkel, did I do that? Do what your heart tells you to do. And if your heart ain't telling you to do it, don't do it because you ain't getting nothing from it. Nothing. You just done that on your own and you feeling miserable, but you wanted people to know, I did that. And then you'll say this. Praise God. That's a lie. God ain't get no praise in that. Y'all, God is checking this stuff. He's checking the church and he's checking Miracle Temple. Because God is taking Miracle Temple to places. And guess what? We do fall. But when we realize where we have felt, fallen, we repent. We turn from it and we keep it moving. We don't stop. We don't be stagnated because ain't nobody in this room haven't thought something that wasn't right, haven't done something at times that wasn't right, 
but it's what you chose to do when you've done it. That's where it starts at. If you chose to keep it amongst yourself, then that tells me you're not willing to change. So God says from inside out. So whatever you harbor on the inside, you have already conceived it. Sin is there. I don't care how you live in a perfect life on the outside. It's already there, and eventually it's going to show up when somebody pushed the right button. You're going to know what you've been holding, and when you find out, don't feel ashamed. Because God said there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. He don't make you feel guilty or wrong. He convicts you in righteousness. He lets you know that you're in right standing with God. You don't have to go that way no more. So this ain't a message to condemn you. This is a message to let you know what the enemy is holding on you because you choose to allow him to hold it. You can let go of it if you want to let go of it. Y'all, you're not going to have no friends but Jesus. I can tell you that right now. He sticks closer than a brother because your family get mad at you. They see you coming. Oh, he come over holding them down. They think they'll never do nothing wrong. They think that they dot every eye. Did I say I dot every eye and cross every T? Did I say it? I'm just telling you what we have to do. And it takes the word of God to do it, to get rid of those grave clothes, those things that you're holding, so it won't block you from getting what God has already gave you through Jesus Christ. It's already yours, but it's some blockers in your way stopping you from getting what already belonged to you. The blocker could be a husband, could be a wife. That's what we pray for. We turn them over to Jesus. He said, cast all your cares. Lord, he is a big one right here. Like you on the golf course. Just roll them on over to Jesus because ain't nothing you can do with that person. Why are y'all trying to fight that person? We don't fight against flesh and blood. God, I have a concern about this person, so I'm going to roll them over to you and you tell me what to do and how to do it. You tell me, God, how I can go to them and speak truth and love because right now I want to knock them out so I know I can't go to them like this because, you know, we got to go to them in love. We don't want to stir up wrath, right? So we want to go with them in love. And if you know you're not going to them in love, you need to get yourself right. Some of us go to people just to make them look bad. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to do it, so I'm going to go to you now. Because you want them to look bad. You want them to mess up. That's not who God is. So it comes, y'all, from within. Search yourself and ask God, what's in me that I'm holding on to, that I have already conceived in my heart, that the enemy is using against me? Because if I see more of my husband than I see me, I got the problem. Vice versa. You got to see you first. And deal with you. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love being long-winded on them. Because God is trying to help everybody. Now you have something you can go out and tell. Look, y'all go tell that. Go tell that. Gossipers, go tell that. Let's see how good of a gossiper you are. Now, we need to get a t-shirt, darling, that say gossipers for Jesus Christ, okay? Gossipers for Jesus Christ. That's what we need to have. We need to be proclaiming for Jesus Christ, and we can use the Great Commission for that because we, that's what we need to be. We need to tell them about Jesus. Amen?
So I just thank God for this teaching, y'all. I thank God for what he's bringing in this house. And what he's bringing in this house is to help all of us to recognize who we are now that we're in Christ. Do everybody understand now the tabernacle? Do everybody really now understand the tabernacle and where we need to be? Amen? So this is what we're going to do today. And I'm going to have to continually do this until the Lord tell me not to. We're setting up this tabernacle again. Y'all remember how we done it Sunday? That's your gate. Amen. We're coming over to the altar of what? Sacrifice. We're getting to the laver, the laver, the basin, which is you're cleansing yourself and you're watching, washing yourself on a daily basis. And then we're going to go to where? In the presence of the Lord. Is it the holy place and the most holy place? That's where we had it, right? So when we get to that place, we can come out. Mm. and people know where we've been amen because we we get and when you get to that place so easy it ain't hard no more to get in the presence of the lord because you be in his presence every day because you ain't letting nothing block you so the song of thee is fill me up amen so whoever want